Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. glad you came to the house of the Lord this morning. I'm glad to be in the presence of God. If you're watching online, we thank you for uh, joining us uh, via live stream. And we encourage you to come and visit us here at uh, at our church. Uh, we uh, we love worshiping God together and expressing praise. The praise team, you did an awesome job again this morning just leading us in uh, to the presence of the Lord. And and uh, I want to say we don't want to take that for granted. Amen. I, I thank the Lord for the hard work this team does for us every week. Uh, not to showcase their talents, but to give glory to God. Amen. Amen. And the Lord is pleased with our worship this morning. Lord, we just we just pause a moment. We ask you to have control of this service, of everything that's said, everything that's spoken, all our prayers. You know the needs that are in this room. You know the needs of those who are watching online. And we want to we want to focus right now on your word that is going to give us encouragement and strength. And Lord, I believe you want to do something great today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can't get away from this thought, this, uh, this new theme, I guess, not, it's nothing new, but it's something that's just been uh, raising up in us for the last uh, six or last couple of months uh, since the beginning of October, this idea of shift. And uh, our state theme with our new administrative bishop, Barry Clardy, is bringing this idea of lift to Indiana. And uh, so they're, they're, they're really close together there. And I believe the Lord is doing something to, to get our attention. It's not about cliches and phrases, but we, we, I believe the Holy Spirit gives us these things for us to connect to. Uh, so we have a, a, a focus together, a direction together, uh, some common language that we're using that, that moves on our heart, that we understand what the, the intentionality behind it is. And so this idea of shift, I believe the Lord gave us in a prayer meeting, and, I, and I've unpacked that several times, but he hasn't released me to get away from that. And, and so I know this morning, his message, I know there's one more that's going to be coming up as the key is in the shift and hold on. I, I'm just praying when to, when to preach that. And maybe next week I'm trusting the Lord. I know we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving and, but how many knows that when God has a season, it doesn't matter what season it is on the calendar. We need to follow what he's saying. Amen. And so this morning I want to bring this message again. We've talked about, if you've been with us and following this, this idea of shift, the, the if is in the shift and he is in the then. And so everything is, is, is focusing around that. So here's this idea. If here's a title, say it with me. If we will shift, then he will lift. That's what I want to talk about today. And I believe it, it does uh, uh, connect with our state message of lift. Indiana uh, is wanting to lead uh, uh, in, the, in the field together, lead in fellowship together, leading uh, uh, Indiana together. We're going to be lifted as a state, but we want to be lifted here as people, as individuals, as a congregation, as a church. And I believe God is going to do something great. So let's say the declaration of the word. Grab your Bibles, if you will. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert 
I'm listening and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, truly declares this is God's word. And that, especially in the New Testament, these letters that were written to churches and to a to address certain issues and things that they were dealing with as, as churches and as a body of believers. I believe the Lord will open up his word for us to receive what was he saying to them to apply to us today. Amen. How many of those, the word is still relevant for us that we are to grow in his word and we are to adhere to his word and we are to learn from his word. And how many knows that sometimes hearing the word and reading through the word, you sit back and go, Oh, that's Maybe that was just for them. Maybe that's not for us right now. There's some, there's some hard things to, to work through in the Word. Amen? But the Lord gives us the Word today to strengthen us so we can be lifted. How many wants to be lifted this morning? Amen? So I have a couple of questions for us. Uh, here's this question. I just started to say it. How many need a lift? How many needs a lift? Spiritually? Emotionally, maybe? Mentally? Physically? Relationally, how many needs a lift? Is it worth, is it worth us talking about this this morning? Can we find something from God's word that will help us be lifted and, and that, who, who believes that God wants to lift us, that God wants to touch us, that, that God wants to heal us? He, he wants to make us whole. And, and so here's the next question. How many are ready to make a shift? If we will make the shift, then he will lift, right? That's what we got to work on and think about this morning. What does that, what does that mean? And so I'm going to ask that again. And, and maybe you don't want to raise your hand, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. How many is ready to make a shift? What, what does that look like? I, I don't know. It, it's going to be different for all of us, but we have to walk through the word together, but we have to have this willingness, right? And this is part of that message. If uh, the, the, the shift, uh, the if is in the shift, if we will, then God will. So the conditions on us, and here's again, I've got to be willing to make a shift. I've got to examine my heart, examine my life. And I want to go ahead and say this. This is not saying you're bad Christians. Go ahead and get that in your, this is not a, a beat up message that, that we're just not doing it right. That's not what this is about. This is about, God, I, I want to keep drawing closer. I, I recognize that there's a, a time that I may need to shift to some things here and there. But I'm on the right path, but I may have to adjust just a, a little bit. I, I'm on my way to heaven. How many is on the path to heaven? I mean, I, I, we're just saying it. I'm not turning back. I'm not going to go the other direction. I've decided I'm moving forward, but along this journey, I may have to make some shifts in, in some of my thinking and some of my doing and, 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 and those things. I've got to be ready, right? And, and so I want to learn it from the word, not just from a, an idea or a thought. I want God's word to lead me in this. So I want to take us to Matthew chapter 12. The first 15 verses, that'll be the, the main context that passage that we'll look at. And here's this first thought, a shift in thinking. Anybody ever had a shift your thinking before? Be- because you, you were told this way, and, and last night uh, we had uh, uh, Natalia and her friend Josh was at the house, and they wanted to learn how to do some cooking, and so Brandy gave them a cooking lesson. We had some great chicken. They cooked it up. It was good. This cream sauce and mashed potatoes. How many knows to get mashed potatoes? You got to process to go through. You got to first peel the potatoes. 
So I'm going to do a little survey. I know Ashley's not in here, but she likes doing surveys. How many likes to take a, a, a knife and just like get the skin off of the potatoes? How many uses a knife? few of you. How many uses a something that they actually created called a potato pillar that did, did okay, hey, there's my group right there. You know, that it, it's a potato. This is what it's for. It's designed this way. And, and, and sometimes if those who were grow, grown up with a knife and you say, hey, there's a potato, potato pillar, you can actually like, really? Yeah, you may have to shift your thinking uh, from the old way to the right way. But some people are not willing to shift in that. But I'm using that as that sometimes we have to adjust our thinking because we didn't know. I mean, we're doing it right. You're still getting the skin off, but you're taking half the potato with you. But uh, when you use a pillar, it's designed just to get the skin off. And so you have more potato left. And so sometimes we've got to shift our thinking in some things. We're not doing it the wrong way. But, Lord, I want to be open to hear from you what, what you're speaking right now. So let's look at this passage this morning. Matthew chapter 12. It says this, starting in verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the, the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Now, this passage may take some unpacking for us because we don't honor the Sabbath like they honor the Sabbath in the Old Testament at the beginning of the New Testament. Uh, if you go back to the, the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, we, we hear there that, uh, uh, you know, to keep the Sabbath and make it holy, right? This, there's this thought, we're not to do anything on the Sabbath. They were forbidden to work on the Sabbath. This was a, this was a part of the, the law and the culture. And, and so is making his way in Jesus' time and, and his disciples were hungry. They weren't supposed to do anything. And they're like, we're hungry right now. We're going to go into the field. If we don't do this, we're going to starve. And the, and the Pharisees are coming and they're looking at this like, this is unlawful to to, for them to do this. Do you realize what your disciples are doing because of their concept of the Sabbath? Now we can take another time and we'll talk about Sabbath and finding rest, but we need rest. How many, how many agrees on that? You, you are not designed to go 24 seven, seven days a week. Well, we need to have some time of rest. That's why, you know, this Sunday morning is an idea of Sabbath for us. We come together to worship God, but uh, Sunday can be a, a tiring day. And you, we've got to find some time of, of rest in the presence of God. But this whole th- concept here is that they were, they look like they were breaking the law. And so this is what Jesus replies. But he says to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, he entered into the house of God and they ate the showbread, which is, was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only the priests. But uh, Jesus said, you realize that God okayed that because they were about to die. This is their, their place. And, and so you can't be so strict on the rule that you're going to let someone die in the process. So did you not realize this? And he goes on, he says, or have you not read in the, in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests and the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? And, and what this is saying is that there were some times because of the, the rituals of the, of the law, the sacrifice, uh, um, the calves and bulls and things like that. Because of the process that sometimes it landed on the Sabbath day and the priests had to keep the order. And so they would go ahead and with that process, but they weren't thinking of it as work. It was service and they weren't held blame. They weren't held being blamed for doing that on the Sabbath. Jesus is reminding them of this. You not realize this. And he says to them that this in this place, there is one greater than the temple. They really had a high esteem for the temple because this is what God gave them. Again, there's nothing wrong with the 
the temple, right? God gave the instructions. Here's how you build the temple. Here's how you build the tabernacle. These are things given by God. The law was given by who? By God, right? And so this is, it's not saying that the law is bad. We're not to, and the, and the word of God has been given to us. We're not to change this word, but we have to have the understanding of what God wants for us and, and, and at the time that we're in and in the moment that we're in and not just stand on a, on a rule. This is what Jesus is saying. You've got to have compassion here and you've got to realize I've come and he's setting this up. He, I'm the Messiah. I'm greater than the temple. Don't put all your emphasis on the, on the building, but put your real emphasis on God, on the son of God. And, and so this is what we do. Lord, our eyes are set on you. Our eyes are set on the cross and our eyes are, our hearts are, are joined with you. And this is where our affection needs to be on Jesus Christ. He said, I'm greater than the temple. And this is a, this is a shifting in their thinking. It, this, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm born now and not back then. I would probably had a hard time. I'd probably been a Pharisee. At least I'd had an attitude of one. Anybody else with me? Anybody else would probably be good. There's a couple of you. Because we just realize that, that I'm holding on to, I'm so strict. Uh, I hear this rule and I'm going to hold on to the all I've got. This is the C people in the room. that, that, that they, they hold on to the, uh, the policies. They hold on to procedures. They, they don't want to be flexible. They want it written down. This is what the Pharisees were, were dealing with. This uh, The temple we're supposed to honor. Jesus is saying it's more than just about the building. It's about the relationship with God. So I want to give you this thought. We need more mercy versus more religion. We need to offer more mercy versus imposing more religion. Maybe that's a better way to say it. We need to offer more mercy versus imposing and demanding more religion. God doesn't want religion from us. He wants a relationship with us, right? So Jesus says this. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You have not condemned the guiltless. Now, this phrase is from Hosea chapter 6. It's verse 6 when Hosea is, is giving this a call of repentance to the people of Israel. And, and uh, he says, I would wish that you desired, desired mercy and not just a sacrifice. It's not about just keeping the, the rituals. It's about having the love and compassion. Amen. It's not about just doing this. We, we talk about our giving and, and that's fresh on us. Those who have been going through that study on Wednesday night. It's not about just keeping a check mark that, yeah, I gave my tithes. What's your heart behind it? It's not just about keeping a, a rule or a ritual. It's about our heart. Everything goes back to our, our heart. He says, I wish that you desired mercy, not sacrifice. You would not condemn the guiltless for the son of man is even the Lord of the, of the Sabbath. He, he says, I, I, I'm in control of all things. You, you're getting caught up on just rules and rituals, but you've got to change your thinking to see what the son of man is about and, and what Jesus is about. It's about love and compassion and serving God and loving him. Verse nine says this. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into the synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand and he asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? This is what they're asking him. Are, are you going to do this? This that they might accuse him. Jesus sees a man in need and the Pharisees are wondering, are you going to minister to him on the Sabbath and break the law of the Sabbath? They're missing the, the compassion point. Uh, this man needs a healing touch uh, and Jesus is able to do it now. Then he said to them, what man is there among you? 
who has a sheep, if he falls into a pit on the Sabbath, would not lay hold of it and say with me and lift him out. Now it's interesting. This this passage uh, here in Matthew, the parallel passages is in Mark chapter 2 and in Luke chapter 6. You can read the same story, but Matthew is the only one that includes this little, these two next two verses, this verse and the following verse about the story of the sheep. And it wasn't meaning that the other, that Mark and Luke just missed it, but they, they didn't see the emphasis on this that Jesus, that Matthew saw when Jesus was saying this. And so I'm glad that Matthew includes it. So let's talk about this for a moment. He, he's, he's saying that how many of you would not do the right thing? If one of your sheep, would you just let it lay there and would you watch it die hoping that it would make it through the night? Wouldn't you do all you can to, to get it out of that pit because it could be injured, it could, it could be dying, and this is, uh, and, and the sheep is, is part of the, the flock, they, is part of their, their, the proceeds, and they make money from that. There's a lot of things that happen, but you're not gonna just let the sheep die there. You're gonna do something even on the Sabbath because you see the, the, the value there. But he says this in verse 12, Oh, how much more value then is a man than a sheep? How much more value is a man, a woman, than just a, an animal? You're willing to spare it, but you're not willing for man to be touched? This is where our, our thinking needs to come in. I, I want to have mercy. Uh, I, I want to have mercy. I want to show mercy and love, not just keep rules and religion. Lord, help us have mercy and love because of people's lives are in the balance. We can't say you have to look like this before you come into the house of the Lord. Right? We, we can't stand at the door and say, you don't, mit, you don't make the mold yet. You don't fit the mold. And, and so you can't come into this place. They're broken and they're hurting. They need to hear the truth of the gospel. They need to experience love, uh, this world that is out there. Can, can I share a, a story with you? And uh, my daughter's not here, Hannah. She just pray for her. She's been sick. She's been coughing the last three days nonstop. And, but she gave me permission to share this. She has a friend. Um, that she's in nursing school. She's made friends uh, uh, over the last few years. And she has a, a friend that has not grown up in church. She looks a little bit rough. And in some of their conversations, uh, uh, you know, Hannah, at first, she didn't just tell her she was a Christian. She said, I'm going to live out my faith and build these relationships. They're going to see something different. And, and, and the friend started seeing something different in her and started asking questions. And, and she said, I, I don't have a church background. I, I don't even have a good family life. And, and, uh, and I don't think a church would even accept me the way that I look. And, and Hannah is like, no, no, we would. Amen. Okay, thank you. I'm glad that you said that. Yes, but you don't know who she is, right? I'm not going to show you a picture of her before she gets here. You go, oh, that's her. We got to be willing. We don't know. But here's the neat thing about the story. Hannah was starting to say, hey, uh, we need some volunteer hours, but our church is about to do something called Buy a Tree, Change a Life. I'm so excited about this year. And, and she's like, what is that? She goes, oh, we sell live Christmas trees and, and we give the, the proceeds, some to the YMCA and some to an orphanage in Guatemala. This year we're going to help with a, a foster care program. But we get together, we sell these trees, we have fun out there. And, and, and this girl, she says, I haven't had a tree. I haven't celebrated Christmas for a long time because of my family life. I don't even like Christmas anymore, but that sounds fun. I may get a live Christmas tree. And then she says, you know what? That sounds kind of fun. I, I may want to come and help out. 
I'm, this is Hannah's like, yes, that would be great. You'd be welcome. You can come and, and volunteer. See, you think we're just selling trees. We're not selling trees. Uh, this is an avenue for someone else to come to, to be around people. That's why I want to encourage you. Even if you don't sign up, maybe you want to just slip in and just kind of hang out with the others because you don't know who's going to come on the property. And when someone who is lost, they come in and they see people who are fellowshipping together and that they're having fun together out in the cold. Yeah, it may be cold out there, but we may have some things in the, in the foyer here for you to, to fellowship around. You're going to, but this, this idea of fellowshipping together. Uh, I know Ashley asked us this morning to give, say one thing we're thankful for. I turned to my wife and I'm thankful that our heater works at the house. You know, that I, that's what I'm grateful for this morning. It was cold, but, uh, but I, I'm saying you don't know what's going to happen because Hannah was willing to live out her life. She was able to have a conversation and now we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe this girl is willing to come and she's accepted uh, out there on the property. Maybe she said, you know, I want to see what it looks like inside. I, I want to see what it feels like on a, on a Sunday morning because we have to, we have to change our mind sometimes on how God wants us to reach the lost. Verse 13, here's this thought of about obeying and following. He's back to the story of the man with the withered hand and he turns to this man. And I want you to hear this, that God is able to heal. This is not just a story for us to reflect on and say this happened. I'm saying that God is able to make this happen still today. And it may be in a different form. It, it may be that you feel like your emotions are withered up, but Jesus is going to speak to you and say, stretch out your emotions. It, you may be physically uh, withered up, but God wants to stretch, make you stretch out and say, I'm going to receive a, a healing in Jesus name. Maybe emotionally that, and, and, and physically and, and, and mentally that you're just withered up, but God is able and spiritually. Anybody dealing with these things? The saying you said I need to be lifted. Listen to the words of Christ. He says, stretch out your hand. This is, this is what he was having trouble with. Though. He just, oh, in obedience, stretched out his hand. Jesus is speaking to you right now. Whatever that you're struggling with, whatever that you feel is withering up in your life, go ahead and stretch it back out to heaven. Stretch it out to God. He's able. You've got to give it to him. Quit holding on. You can't just walk around with the withered up and everybody sees how, how bad it is. You've got to have the faith and go ahead and say, Lord, I'm giving it back to you. I'm going to let you touch me. I'm going to, I'm going to take it. It's going to hurt do you do you think that it hurt that man for just a moment because he's been walking around with a withered hand he goes i know anytime i move it it hurts anytime i begin to try to use it it hurts anytime i try to pick up something it hurts i'm afraid but inside of him he says jesus is saying stretch out your hand i'm going to take a chance it may seem like it's going to hurt i don't know what's going to happen but it may feel like it's going to hurt but i'm willing to take a chance i believe that as soon as he started moving there wasn't pain there wasn't there wasn't an issue with that. He started feeling the healing touch, but he had to go ahead and stretch. Some of you are afraid to, to stretch out that emotion to God because you've been hurt so many times. But Jesus is saying, if you'll just stretch to me, I'll heal you. Some of you have a, some spiritual needs that, that you've been holding on to. You feel like you're hurting. I'm afraid to stretch out. Go ahead and stretch out before the Lord. Lay it before him. He wants to heal this morning. Verse 14. We see that the Pharisees didn't like that, that Jesus healed him. There's always going to be somebody who's going to question something that's going on. We have an atmosphere of liberty here, and there's some that at times will stretch out on the floor, stand with their hands raised, whatever position of praise. 
but you don't know the pain that they've gone through and the way that God is moving on them, they're walking in obedience. We've got to be willing not to, not to look and, and point and wonder and judge. Lord, bless them should be our prayer. Bless them. Touch them. I don't understand what they're going through. I haven't been in their shoes. I haven't been in that, that place of hurting where they're at. But Lord, obviously they're doing something in their life. I pray, bless them. Here's what verse 15 says. And this idea of obeying and following. The, that uh, the, This man with the withered hand, he obeyed Christ. He followed uh, what he was saying. But here's what happened when, the, when Jesus left. When Jesus knew it, that the, the Pharisees wanted to plot against him. A great multitude followed Jesus when he left over them. And listen to this last line. And he healed them all. Jesus heals one man and walks away and as many of the crowd follows to find out where is Jesus going and, and they followed him because they were still in need. We've got to keep following him. We've got to keep following him and here's the thing. Jesus healed them all. How many believe that Jesus can heal all the needs? He can lift all the burdens. He, he can bring deliverance. He can bring freedom. He, he's not done healing He's still ministering. I've been carrying this a long time. Keep giving it to him. Keep following him. Keep obeying him. Don't give up. So here's the question. What needs to shift to get to lift? You, you got to ask yourself, what needs a shift? This is not saying you don't have enough faith, but we're going to talk about faith in, in a moment. This is not to beat us up. Oh, oh, I'll never have this. I'll never get lifted. No, I'm asking you, you got to go deep inside. God, what needs a shift to, to have this lift in my life? What, what, what can I do? I want to yield to you. What is it? Is it my thinking? Is it my heart? I, I want to be willing. How many is willing to make a shift? We asked that already. How many is still willing to make a shift? I, Lord, I want your word, not a man, not a, not a person. I want I want your word to speak to my heart in areas that I need a shift in. So let's look at some scripture, Matthew chapter 17. Maybe it's a shift in praying. Now we could all be honest. How many thinks you pray enough? <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to raise their hand, right? But this is not a, a measurement. I can't give you a, a number that you have to pray this many hours a day or this many minutes a day. It's not, a, not about that. Uh, because we all have busy lives, but I want to let you know we still need to have prayer in our life. We can all come up with reasons, but we, we've got to make sure we have prayer in our life. And, and I want to encourage you, if you're able, to, to be a part of a prayer meeting that goes on here. There's something that happens when we pray together. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't take away from your private prayer time. I know your calendars are busy, and, and so I'm just saying if you're able, think about it. Because God does something in prayer. We have to be a praying church. And I'm thankful and I'm grateful for all the prayer movements that are already happening. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not saying, oh, we don't pray enough as a church. I'm saying we can always pray more. I'm just encouraging. But maybe there needs to be a shift in our praying. Look at what Jesus says. He says to the disciples. Then his disciples came privately, said, why can't we cast this out? This is talking about the story of the demon being cast out. And they, and they couldn't do this. They, they were trying to cast out this demon from a boy, and they couldn't make it happen. They're like, why didn't this happen, Jesus? Why couldn't we do it? Here's Jesus' response. So, in, so Jesus said to them, because, if you're, because of your unbelief, for surely I say, if you have faith as a mustard seed, out of this then, then you will say to the mountain, move from here and there, and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible for you. How many has ever declared that verse and just 
spoke to things and you feel like it still didn't move. And then you start beating yourself up with, I don't have enough faith. I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I've been there before too. Why isn't this happening? Why didn't this just change? And I have a decision I can make. I, I can decide just to waller in the disappointment or I can say, I'm going to continue to follow and obey. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue fast. I'm going to continue to believe. I'm not going to give up. Even when my eyes don't see what I want to see, I know God has a, a bigger picture. That's not a cop-out. I'm saying on my side, my condition is if. I've got to keep on praying. I've got to keep on asking. I've got to keep on seeking. I've got to keep on knocking. This is the condition on my side. And I've got to pray, Lord, increase my faith. In fact, Luke chapter 17, the parallel passage of this, that is right before the story Jesus says or the the gospel says there the disciples asked Jesus increase our faith how many wants that prayer answered today Go ahead and pray it right now. Lord, we pray, increase our faith. Uh, Lord, we just need more faith. Uh, we, we can't do anything to get more faith. We're asking for you to pour your more faith into us. I want to believe with all my might. This is not to beat us up. Don't, don't get into that that camp that you feel like, oh, I just don't have enough faith. Only if I could get more faith. Yes, there's a prayer, increase our faith, but we're not to, we're not to be lowly and we're not to be, we're not to be broken up because we don't feel like we have enough. There's this, that's a conflict because we deal with this. Anybody deal with that? Maybe I just need more faith. Maybe someone told you that. That doesn't help, does it? You just need more faith. Okay, thanks. You just beat me up a little bit more. So how do we work through that? How do we get this lift? How, do, how does this shifting take place and encouraging one another? I'm praying that God will increase your faith. Not, not that you need more faith. I'm praying that God will increase. How many will receive that prayer versus just saying it? Because we then begin to connect with that. Yeah, I want that. I want my faith. But I'm trying to believe. But sometimes it's hard just to hold on. But we got to keep holding on. Amen? Lord, help us. What needs a shift in this? He's saying you can speak to the mountains. We, we sing songs about that. It, it, it stirs us up. I don't want to just be stirred up. I want to, I want to see what God has in store. I want to see the mountain move. I don't want to just sing about it. So God, I pray, increase our faith. But here's the final key of this, this passage, verse 21. Jesus replies, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer. Prayer and fasting. Again, only you can examine how am I doing this in my life? How, how is my prayer life? And again, it's not to try to make you feel bad, but it's something to examine. We need self-examination at time. And just finding and adjusting, shifting just a little bit. Finding that place, I believe God is going to do greater things just by making those small shifts. So let me give you this. Some of you probably are expecting this across to come up, so here it is. This is a formula this time, not just an acrostic. Loving plus intentionally obeying plus following plus trusting equals lift. Yes, I had to adjust a little bit because I didn't want loft up there, so I had to come up with a word to help us fix it. So it's intentionally obeying, but I think that gives a little bit more emphasis on obeying. Because we can accidentally do some things right, but we can be intentional about doing it right. 
So let's look at these together. This first thought of loving God and others. It's not a new thought. How many have heard that, these verses before? Loving God and others. Well, Jesus said it, so I think it's okay for us to hear it over and over again because he wants us to catch on to this, this idea, this great commandment. And Jesus said that you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, right? This is the first and great commandment. We can't get past this. I've got to keep, I've got to keep growing in this. I've got to keep loving God and others. That's what the second verse is, right? And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not saying anything new that you haven't heard, but it's something we have to keep going back to. We've got to keep examining ourselves. Lord, how am I doing this? I want to grow in this. And once I feel like I've got to a good level, I want to increase that. I, I want to grow in it even more. I want to love God. How many can love God more? Can, can you love God more? Is it possible? Can I, can I know, can I know him more? Can I love him more? I'm saying yes. None of us have made it there. I want to love God more. Here's the other question. How many can love others better and more? Right? I know I can. Lord help us. Is this what Jesus said? Don't take my word. This is what I'm reading straight from the word of God. This is a great commandment, loving others, loving God. Look about intentionally obeying. First Samuel chapter 15, Samuel the prophet is talking to Saul after Saul conquers and supposed to be killing all the sheep, supposed to be killing the king Agag, and, and, and he doesn't do this. Samuel shows up and he hears the the sheep and he makes an excuse real quick i'm gonna we're getting ready to sacrifice all that but the king's still alive and he wasn't supposed to be alive anymore because god gave a command to kill everything all the women all the children i mean it sounds horrible this is you got to read a story in the old testament there's a reason for this but saul wasn't obedient and in his cover-up he said we're going to sacrifice all these not just kill them, we're going to make a sacrifice of the, of the, of the sheeps and the goats that you're hearing. And this is Samuel's response. He said, has the Lord, has, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, the, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of the rams. Obeying is better than a sacrifice. Who commanded the sacrifices? God. In the Old Testament, these sacrifices. And so here's the ritual. We can do this. These are being obedient to the law. But God is saying, I want you to be obedient from the from everything I say, not just trying to keep a, a checklist. I've done this. I'm doing this. It's got to be the heart after that. And this was, this was a heart issue with Saul. It was a heart issue with the people. They saw all the things there and like, hey, let's just keep this. Well, why would God want us to kill all this? We could keep the sheep. This is better. And then to cover up, he goes, oh, well, we, we weren't really going to keep them. We're going we're gonna to sacrifice them. Because they weren't obedient to begin with. Listen to the next verse. This is really strong. You ready? I, I'm glad this is the Bible just saying this. This is not me. Listen. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. How many wants to be involved in witchcraft? I don't. He goes on, and stubbornness is an iniquity in idolatry. The stubbornness that 
Saul had to, to do it his way, that I wasn't going to yield to what God really or what the prophet was saying to really do. I'm, I'm going to be stubborn here. And this is idolatry. What's idolatry? Worshiping a false God, worshiping something other than God Almighty. How many stubborn people we have in here? Okay. I, oh Lord, help us. I'm talking about being not just stubborn that I, I don't want to go mow the grass today. I'm talking about being stubborn in our relationships, being stubborn with our, our faithfulness to God, being stubborn that I don't know if I really believe that. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to my thinking. Help, Lord, help our stubbornness because we realize it's not pleasing to you. This is pretty strong language here, right? Well, this is in the Old Testament. Well, Listen to this. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. This is Samuel talking to Saul. Saul, the, a king, right? Because you have rejected the, the Lord, Saul, who was the, the first king of Israel that stood above everybody else, that, that was righteous, right? This is why he was picked. And, and it says, because you've rejected, because you became stubborn, because you did this, uh, he is, God has rejected you from being king. He's taken it away from you. So here's the question. Are you missing out on a lift? Because of rebellion. I'm not expecting any hands raised or anything like that. I'm just, this is an introspection. This is an expect, am I, am I missing out on a lift because of rebellion? Okay. Remember Proverbs 423. Someone help me out. What does this say? Proverbs 423 above all else guard your heart. Does it sound familiar? I didn't put it up there. I want you to, you should be capturing this verse now. Proverbs 4.23, you should be ringing in all our ears. Above all else, guard my heart. Against what? Against rebellion, against disobedience, against the wrong heart, against the wrong attitude. I want my heart to be right with the Lord because everything flows with it. I want my, my, my relationship to be right. Above all else, I want a lift. How many wants a lift still? Anybody could use that lift? Are you willing to shift? I know this is not easy today. It's not easy for me either. Keep praying for me. I know some of you praying, get done. I'm not done yet. (laughs) Following Christ. This is the next one. Following Christ. Matthew 10, 37, 38. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Wow. That's a strong statement. Who said that? Jesus. We gotta have this in the right perspective. We gotta love the Lord God with all our heart. He's to be first. He says, then he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Wow, this is, that's some strong language. So you gotta have this, this right. You've gotta make me first. He's not saying don't love your family. He says, but you can't put your family above me. God's gotta be the first. And he says this, and he who does not take his cross and say it with me, Follow after me is not worthy. This idea of following Christ, this, this idea of picking up our cross. We, we look at that verse, that parable passage in Luke chapter 9 all the time. We've we got to pick up, we've got to crucify this flesh. We've got to pick up our cross daily, every day. It doesn't mean we're getting saved every day. You've heard me say that many times. But we've got to realize this is a reality in my walk with the Lord. I've got to follow, follow, follow him. I have decided to follow Jesus, right? No turning back. I've got to keep following him. And again, that song wasn't a plug-in. It was already, the Lord ordained this. Trusting the Lord. Psalms 4, verse 5. 
Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. We're going to look more at this passage in just a moment, but this idea of offering the sacrifice of righteousness. What what does that mean? In the New Testament, Paul is saying that he says to us that, that by the mercy of God that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice to God. Holy, acceptable to God. Which is our reasonable service. Not a, not a sacrifice of, of bulls and goats, but of ourself. I, I've got to be willing to lay myself down, my life down. I, I'm willing to follow. I'm willing to lay everything down to follow after you. I'm to be that living sacrifice. I'm to be holy and, and acceptable before God. I got to strive for that. Again, this is not a message for us to go back home and beat ourselves up uh, on things. That, if there's things that you need to shift in your life to make it right with God, you need to do that. And keep pressing towards Him. Keep growing in Him. Walk in the confidence that you're saved. How many is saved in this room? How many is given your heart to Jesus? But how many still, you don't have to raise your hands this, but how many still deal with temptations in life? The Bible says that. We're going to, but we don't yield to those. We don't give in to those. But John says, when you are tempted, when you, when you have sinned, then, then we need to, you need to make it right with God because there's an, he's our advocate, right? We need to pray to him. Lord, help us this morning. I don't want anybody walking away feeling like they've been beat up. I want people to be encouraged. I can draw closer to the Lord. We've done that at times where, where people feel like they, I'm not even worthy to be here. Well, Jesus said you're not worthy if you're doing these things first. He wants to make us worthy. So it's, it's that shifting in our mind. God, I want to look at you the right way. I want to pursue you the right way. We all can grow in this. So let's look at this again. Lift is loving God and others. Intentionally obeying, following Christ and trusting the Lord. I want to end with this. Are you ready to do the Bible? This week, I want you to read Psalms chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And here's what I want you to pray. I know that this is a lot of blanks if you've got your outline. Just give you time to look at this and read it. Pray this week. Lord, I am ready for a lift in my life, in my family, and in my church. Help me to shift my loving God and others, my intentional obeying my following Christ, and my trusting in the Lord. Let's see if we can read that together as you're writing that. Pray, Lord, I'm ready for a lift in my life, in my family, and in my church. Help me to shift my loving God and others, my intentional obeying, my following Christ, and my trusting the Lord. As our praise team comes back, I want to read a couple of verses from that passage. Verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. How many takes comfort in that? That the Lord will hear you when you call. Take encouragement on that. The Lord hears you when you call. He does. If you've given your heart to Him, no matter what you're going through, He still opens His ears to you when you're praying. 
Someone needs to hear that today. You may be thinking that an enemy is lying to you, that God's not listening to your prayers anymore because of this and that, that that may be going on in your life. God still hears you. Verse 4 says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. That looks like a form of prayer, doesn't it? Find some rest and pray. Take comfort and pray. Meditate in your heart and and trust in the Lord. This is that part of that thought of Sabbath. The real part of Sabbath is finding some time just to rest in the Lord and meditate on Him. Then in verse 5 it says, Offer the sacrifice of righteousness. What is that again in the New Testament? It's us. I, I want to be righteous. I offer myself to you. I'm willing to follow you, God. Wherever you lead, whatever you say to you, I want to follow you. I surrender my life to you. And put your trust in the Lord. How many knows that he is, he is worthy to trust? He is worth trusting. I can put my trust, every bit of it in him. He's not going to let me down. I can trust him fully. There are many who say, who will show us any, us any good? Here's the answer. God will. Listen, Lord, say it with me. Lift, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. How many knows that's what the writer was inspired to write that because that's what we are want, that's what he wants us to experience. He wants us to experience the light of his countenance upon us. What is that saying? He's looking down on you right now. He's pleased with you. You're like, I still got some issues in my life. He still loves you and he's pleased with you because you called on his name. He wants you to draw closer to him. He wants you to, to trust him completely, but he still is pleased with you once you said, Jesus, I need you. In my life. I admit that I confess that you're my Lord and Savior. I confess you're the Son of God. I confess that I need salvation. Once you've done that, He is pleased with you. And because He's pleased with you, His countenance is glowing. How I many does that make you feel good? That you knowing that the Lord is shining and smiling upon you. Because the enemy wants to try to tell you that He's frowning, that He's looking down at you, He's scorning. That he wants to zap you with lightning, right? Anybody felt like that is going to happen? Oh, no. I'm not giving you a, a hyper grace. I'm saying we have to take confidence that when we confess our sins and we are, we're determined, I'm going to follow you. He is, he is pleased with us. And his countenance will lift us. And the joy of the Lord that we hear so much can be our strength. As you stand to your feet this morning. How many is ready to make that shift? God help us. You got to hear this. A a shift is not a a complete change in direction. You did that at repentance, right? You don't want to make another 180. That goes back to the world. But maybe I'm just veering just a little bit in some things in my life. I'm being distracted by this. How many know distractions can, can be very frustrating in our life? The Lord wants to remove those, those distractions by making a little shift in our life. Lord, I ask as we transition this time of prayer, touch our hearts. Help us respond to your word today. The first question I have to ask for those who are in this room, those who are watching online, 
have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? I know we've asked that many times, and most everybody raised your hand. But if you're in this room and you haven't asked Jesus to come into your heart, this is the time. If you hasn't, if you haven't asked Him to save you from your sins, this is the time. Is there anyone in the room that says I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Just raise your hand. Anyone? If you're watching online, I want to encourage you to say this prayer with us. Say this prayer in this room. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I know that he died for me. And you want to forgive my sins. I confess my sins to you. I want you to be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As the praise team gets ready to play this next part of worship, I'm just going to encourage everyone just to come and find a place, stand, kneel, sit on the front row. This idea of shift, maybe just shifting from where you're at right now just to make one little step. Maybe move one seat over. But I, you all said you were willing to shift. Are you willing to shift just a little bit to see what God wants to do as a as a time of reflection. Can you do that this morning?